This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hi, Cardinal fans. I'm Ozzie Smith. Corks one in the right down the line. It may go. And you're listening to the Cardinals Insider Podcast. Go crazy, folks. Go crazy. Here's your host, Brent McMillan. Hello from Bush Stadium in downtown St. Louis, and welcome to the Cardinals Insider Podcast. I'm your host, Brent McMillan. June the 18th is the 15th anniversary of the passing of the late, great Cardinal radio announcer, Jack Buck. To me, that has always been a moment in time that we mark Cardinal history by. There is the before and the after of Jack's passing. And when you talk about great voices in the history of the game, Jack Buck certainly belongs in the conversation. Mostly because of moments like this. The Dodger right-hander is set, and here's his pitch to Jack Clark. Swing and a long one into left field. Adios, goodbye, and maybe that's a winner. A three-run homer by Clark, and the Cardinals lead by the score of 7-5, to five, and they may go to the World Series on that one, folks. And there goes the runner to third, the play to first. Safe, the ball gets away. Here's the runner trying to score. He is safe. And the pitch to Obrickfell. Swing and a shot to right center field. Butler's on the move. He cannot get it. And the winning run scores. The Cardinals have won the game 4-3. to three, And they lead two games to none. Butler, the center fielder, came within an eyelash. Those calls still give me chills, even to this day, every time I hear them. So today on the podcast, we are remembering Jack Buck, the author of those calls, and we're doing it with two men that he personally mentored. In the latter portion of the show, we're going to have some thoughts from Tom Ackerman. He was Buck's colleague at the Cardinal radio flagship KMOX here in St. Louis. Ackerman now holds the KMOX sports director job, which Buck himself held for many, many years. But we're going to begin the show today with another St. Louis radio personality, Randy Carricker. He, like Tom Ackerman, also was a colleague of Bucks at KMOX. Since then, he's held some other spots within the market. And right now, in fact, the last couple of years, he's been an afternoon drive fixture at 101 ESPN. Both men really well-respected among St. Louis media and just in general in the St. Louis market. And they each have a wealth of firsthand Jack Buck stories. So let's get it going as Randy Carricker and I talk about Jack Buck here on the Cardinals Insider Podcast. Tell me about the first time that you met Jack, wherever that was, and uh, usually everybody's got a great story about when they met him. Yeah, I, I remember it well, simply because it was Jack Buck, and I was an intern in the summer of 1983 at KMOX. I was sitting in the sports office, and he sauntered in, and he always sauntered, and inter- held out his hand, said, Jack Buck. Well, I, I knew. Hello, Mr. Buck, uh, Randy Carricker, and he, what are you doing here? 
uh, I'm an intern. I'm, I'm going to be here for the summer and just trying to learn my way. He said, well, here's what you need to know. You need to know to keep your mouth shut. And he was really good about that. And work hard. And that's what I did. I, during that summer, I, I kept my mouth shut and I, and I tried to work as hard as I could. He, uh, he was a guy that just seemingly didn't have an ego despite all the accolades. Why do you think that was that he treated everybody the same? I think he was just genuinely such a nice person and would do anything for anybody. And people around St. Louis all have the stories about the money that he would give them. And I, I think that he was just genuinely a, a great human being. He kept a pretty aggressive schedule with uh, a lot of the stuff he did. I mean, he was doing the Cardinals and national stuff at the same time. How do you think he maintained that? Did he ever wear down in your experience, or was he just kind of energizer bunny? I think towards the end of his life, he did wear down a little bit. But, heck, he was, in addition to doing the Cardinals and in addition to doing the, the national football, he was out for 200 nights a year doing dinners in St. Louis, too. He, he really was the Energizer Bunny and would do anything for this community. I think that was one of the things that kept him going. He loved St. Louis and loved doing things to uh, espouse the virtues of St. Louis or, and anything to help out St. Louisans. That was actually one of the places I was going to go next is that I'm sure with the talent that he had and the person that he was, there were probably bigger markets that came calling at some point to be the play-by-play -play guy there. Mm -hmm. What kept him here? He told me one time, we were sitting in a studio at KMOX, and he had come home from a road trip. I think it was a West Coast trip. And he says, St. Louis is the best city in the country. He said, we're the best kept secret. But he, he loved the weather, and mostly he loved the people. And I think that's what kept him here. He obviously had his family here. But the fact that the community was so good to him, even though he was from Massachusetts and spent a lot of time in Ohio, once he got here and became ingrained, I don't think he really had any interest in leaving because he did fall in love with everything that St. Louis had to offer. There was a lot of longevity for him, and he was part of that generation where those voices stayed with those teams. Mm -hmm. But why do you think it was that he was able to stick in the booth here for 30, 40 years? Jack had, and I, to this day, I think that he had a better ability to connect one-on-one -on -one with people than anybody I've ever heard. When he was doing a game, he talked about how I'm doing it for the blind person, I'm doing it for the person in the prison, I'm doing it for the person that's displaced. And Jack Buck was your friend when he was doing a broadcast on KMOX. He, he was somebody that you invited into your home and he took that seriously. He said, hey, if, if you are going to invite me into your home, I, I'm going to treat you well. And I, I really do think that as a community, we all were friends of Jack Bucks. And, and I think that we were really lucky to have somebody like that because even in that era, I think there were, were a lot of dispassionate play-by-play -play broadcasters that just called the game. And it, it wasn't an effort to be a friend. It was an, an effort to describe a game. With Jack, when he was sitting in the booth, you were sitting next to him watching the game. He never stepped on a moment. Uh, he was the master of just kind of letting things breathe. Do you have a favorite? I know everybody's kind of mm -hmm. got different favorites, but what's your favorite story of listening and just going, man, he, he does a great job? There are several, and everybody knows 
the Aussie call. I didn't get to hear that. I was actually attending that game. So uh, KMOX played the entire at-bat as we were coming out and got in our car, and it was breathtaking. And a, a non-cardinal call, the Kirk Gibson home run in 1988 in the World Series, but the one that I remember is from the 1985 season, and it was just so simple. It, and we all remember how hard Jack Clark hit the ball. And uh, Jack Buck says, Clark sitting on 10 home runs, crack of the bat, crowd goes wild, and Jack Buck simply says, make it 11. And you knew exactly what happened. And it was just a perfect moment of broadcasting. The other one that I remember, and it, it might have been the best couple of minutes of broadcasting I ever heard. It wound up being in a game that um, the, the Cardinals wound up losing, I think. It was uh, in 1985 down the stretch, and uh, Keith Hernandez was at the plate against Ricky Horton, and the entire at-bat, it was just dripping with drama, and Jack described it absolutely perfectly, better than anybody else could ever describe it. And it, it was a little slice of uh, a great season that the Cardinals had, and not a lot of people remember that. I remember I, I was running the board for the game, actually, on the radio, and I, I remember it vividly. And just for two minutes, it was just pure drama. It was unbelievable. He had a great relationship with Stan Musial. For those of us who never got to be in a room or a space with both of them, what was that like when those two just giants in Cardinal history were together? Yeah, they, they were so iconic but so similar in that if they walked into a room and you didn't know who they were, you would never know that they were iconic. They were both so incredibly humble and so incredibly nice. And I had the, the great good fortune of being able to go out to dinner with both of them. And just to hear them tell stories about the old days was incredible. And I remember one time uh, I had to set up a radio interview, a telephone interview, and I had to pull Jack off of the golf course. It was Jack and Stan at Red Shandienst. And I had to pull Jack off of the course at Norwood so he could record this brief interview and get back out there. But he couldn't have been nicer when uh, he got on the phone. He said, what do you need? And we made the phone call, we did the interview, and he got back out there. But those two were such great friends. And you can see how they meshed because their personalities were so similar. They were such kind people to everybody that they ran across. Do you ever tell stories about Harry Carey and the time that, that they would share together in the booth? Yeah, they, uh, and there was a time there where I got the sense that Jack and Harry didn't have the best relationship. But when I was at KMOX, every Saturday we would do a call with Jack and Harry. And they would tell stories and they would just laugh uproariously. And those two, I think in the prime of their careers in the 1960s, were probably as, well, they're both Hall of Famers, probably as good a broadcast pairing as you'll ever have. He didn't tell many stories about Harry in those days, but I can tell you that whenever those two got together, when I knew them, it was a laugh a minute. It was like having two comedians together. Just like when Stan passed, uh, any of us who you know were kind of of the age where we could remember when Jack died, we all know where we were, mm -hmm. and there was just kind of that, I don't know, haze that settled over Cardinal Nation. Yeah. Do you remember the, the first time you were somewhere maybe and realized, I'm not going to hear him or I'm not going to run into him, and when it really hit you that he was gone? Yeah, it was at the ballpark, and uh, I, had, uh, I had gone in and done an interview on Channel 5 on that June 19th, and, 
the day after he passed. And it was when I ran into Joe at the ballpark. And, uh, you know, just, just talking to him because Jack was so important to me. He was, uh, he, he was my inspiration for getting into broadcasting. And then when I got to KMOX, he was my biggest booster and my mentor and the, the person that wanted me to do well. I wouldn't be where I am. I wouldn't have the job that I have now if it wasn't for him. And that all came to the fore when I ran into the family uh, in the, the next game after uh, Jack passed away. And it, it, it was, it, it's amazing that it's been 15 years that he passed away, but there's a story, there's a line. Every single day of my life, I feel the impact that Jack had on me. And I think everybody in St. Louis feels that way, that, hey, if we grew up listening to Jack Buck, all of us, have a story and all, all of us were impacted greatly by his presence. There's a generation now that doesn't remember him on the mm -hmm. radio. What would you tell kids that are Cardinal fans that don't remember hearing him call a game about him? What's the, the takeaway, I guess, on his legacy for generations to come? I, I think it's twofold. Number one, the passion that he had for the game. And I can't tell you how many days he would come in in the afternoon after the Cardinals lost and say, I didn't sleep last night. He really cared deeply about the baseball team and its fortunes. And I completely understand the players on a day-to-day -day base having the even keel that they did. But the one th thing that I, I would tell young people is that you, you missed out on the biggest fan that the Cardinals ever had. He, he was the best. But he was also, and I think a lot of people will, will agree with me, he was the most gifted, funny broadcaster that I ever heard. And if you ever heard him or if you ever hear any of the old clips of him as an MC at a banquet, and he was that way on Cardinal Broadcast, he was just so naturally funny. And I'm sure you'll run across people, and I, I've thought this uh, when I was a little kid, that his sense of humor and his demeanor and his mannerisms were a lot like Johnny Carson's. And I think that he could have done The Tonight Show and he would have been great and he would have been as big as Johnny Carson was doing The Tonight Show. It's rare that you have somebody that's that naturally funny, and he combined all of that. The, the gift of the, the great voice, the humor, the passion, uh, it's something that we just don't see anymore. And it's not the fault of anybody that's broadcasting, it's just a tribute to his greatness. One final thing, and it's a story I think I heard you tell one time on the fast lane. And if you, I'm assuming you will remember, but if you don't, it's okay. Uh, something about you were walking on one side of the street. I think it was in yep. San Francisco. Yep. Tell, tell me that. Uh, my wife and I got married in 1986, and I was producing Cardinal football games at the time on the radio. And uh, Bill Wilkerson was the play-by-play -play guy at that time. So we waited a week to go out to San Francisco for our honeymoon. And Jack did that 49er football Cardinal game on CBS TV. And we were waiting for a table at Scoma's. And so we are walking across Wharf Street because it's a three hour wait and we're just gonna walk around Fisherman's Wharf. And who is coming the other way but Jack Buck and Hank Stram. And we run into each other in the middle of the street. What are you doing out here, kid? Well, we just got married, we're on our honeymoon. And so many people have this story. He pulled a $100 bill out of his pocket and he handed it to me and said, have a drink on me, kid. And it was 
an unbelievably memorable experience. Here, here we are uh, 30 years later, and, and I remember it like it was yesterday, but that's kind of the essence of what Jack was. He always tried to make people happy. He was extraordinarily generous, and wherever you were in the world, he always had a kind word. Randy's a great radio broadcaster. He's also a great human being. I've really had the pleasure of having him as a mentor and a friend over the past couple of years and appreciate his time and the way that he answered all those questions. I feel the same way about Tom Ackerman, who is the current sports director at KMOX Radio. I interned there during college. He's always been a gentleman, loves to share stories about the Cardinals' radio legacy, and specifically loves talking about Jack Buck. Randy had a great story about meeting Jack and... Tom does too. So I started at KMOX in 1997, and I remember just a few days in walking into the office here. And as a kid growing up in St. Louis, if you ever saw Jack Buck out in public, I mean, it was very special. Anybody that's ever come across him, he treated everybody like gold and was always approachable, and his voice was unmistakable. But when I walked into the office one day, he was the only one in the sports office and the sports office actually looked a lot like this one and so I walked in and he looked up and I said Mr. Buck I'm Tom Ackerman and I stuck my hand out to shake his hand and he stood up and shook my hand I sit there and looked at his hand and thought all the hands that he's shaken through the years you know this it's Jack Buck I finally made it to KMOX and I, I looked at him and he looked at me and he said what kind of pizza do you like kid and I said, pepperoni. He said, I'll buy it if you go downstairs and get it. And he broke the ice with me, and uh, I went downstairs, got it. We, we had pizza together. He left the room for a minute, and I called my mom. And she's like, hey, how's it going? And I said, it's great. I'm having pizza with Jack Buck right now in the sports office. She goes, what? I said, oh, he's coming back. I got to go. Click. So uh, we, we just... Uh, we shared a very special uh, afternoon there, having a couple slices of pizza, and, and that was just the way he was. Very generous guy, and I was very blessed to be able to spend time with him. My first five years at KMOX, it was like extended school for me. So I graduated from college in 97, but from 97 until he passed away, I was able to spend some time with one of the greatest to ever do it and somebody that I looked up to. It was just incredible that the stars aligned that I was able to spend some time with him. A little history lesson just to catch you up. If you don't know, KMOX essentially invented sports talk radio and the sports talk call-in show. And no surprise here, Jack Buck excelled in that arena. One time, Tom Ackerman got to be the fly on the wall as Jack worked his magic. I will say this, one of the most memorable things ever for me at KMOX was when Mr. Buck was doing a show with the late Charlie Spoonhour. Both of them were two of the greatest people I've ever been around and they they came in to do their show and Jack said uh, we're gonna have a couple guests on the line and so they put two guests on the phone line and this is how he opened the show. Welcome to the show I'm Jack Buck with Charlie Spoonhour joining us on the phone is Stan Musial the Hall of Famer. How are you Stan? Hey Jack how you doing? Doing great. That's terrific. And on the other line, we have the splendid splinter. Ted Williams is with us. Hi, Ted. Hey, Jack. How are you? Hey, Stan. Hey, Ted. 
<laughs> we're sitting there like, what is going on? I mean, they, so, you know, these were his friends and trusted friends. He was just, you know, somebody that uh, connected very well, again. And it didn't matter if you were sweeping the floor at KMOX that night or if you were Ted Williams or Stan Musial. He treated you the same way, and that's how Stan Musial treated people. So there was an obvious connection between those two that lasted a lifetime. Part of what makes Jack so special isn't just moments like that on the radio, but it was the way that he spun his world-class play-by-play ability into becoming a vehicle to make him an advocate for the city of St. Louis. So when he died in 2002, there was a huge void left in this community. I thought Tom summed up his legacy as St. Louis ambassador really well. His final public appearance was at the Missouri Athletic Club when he was the MC of the Sports Personality of the Year Award, which is now the Jack Buck Awards. And uh, then when he passed away, um, it was a, a real sense of loss. It was very difficult for everybody. And I think, I think you still feel it. You know, so, you know, we're 15 years later, but you feel the, uh, the impression that he made on everybody. And we have an amazing uh, group of personalities in this town and that can certainly carry a number of uh, games and, and events and people. But he was just an amazing ambassador for St. Louis. I actually think about him all the time. Whenever there's something that happens in St. Louis, what would he say about that? Whenever there's something being built or talked about being built or whatever the major topic is, I, I wonder what Jack Buck would say about that and how he would handle that. And he was just a great advocate for St. Louis. So, you know, to me, it, it, was a, it was a big loss beyond Cardinals and beyond radio. It was a big loss for the city. At the same time, you know, we smile on everything that he gave us. And so what an incredible addition he was to the history of the town. I mean, there'll just there'll never be another one like him. Talking with Tom and Randy was a lot of fun for me. I enjoyed seeing both of them, and they both made me think, too, especially Randy when he said that we all have a Jack Buck story. That is so absolutely true for anyone who grew up in St. Louis or is a Cardinal fan. I remember listening to Jack on the radio as a kid, and just like Tom and Randy, he was certainly my broadcasting gold standard and continues to be to this day. But to me, the coolest thing about the legacy of Jack Buck, about his story, is the way that he paid it forward. His mentorship of Tom and Randy caused them to come alongside me and a long list of other people who grew up pursuing a media career here in St. Louis. So to me, that is Jack Buck's greatest legacy. Be nice. Go out of your way to do something kind for someone else because you can, not just because you have to. I never knew Jack but I'm really thankful for how he treated Randy and Tom because they turned around and treated me the same way. For Randy, for Tom, I'm Brett McMillan. We'll let Jack take us out here on the Cardinals Insider Podcast. The outfield is straight away, reaches in. So is Hernandez. Here's the pitch from Porsche to Boa. A swing and a ground ball to third. Reach has it. No hitter. Oh. And Porsche has won his third game of the year, and he 